Welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. I am so thankful to be in the house of the Lord with you today. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Thank you, sir. I wonder if you've taken the time to just comprehend that statement. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The gladness of God's house was simply being present. It wasn't about what happened at the house of the Lord. It wasn't about the sacrifices. It wasn't about the reading of the Torah. It wasn't about the miracles. It wasn't about the Shekinah glory of God falling. It was just about let us go and be at church. So I'm glad we're here today. Amen. It was also in the Psalms you find the verse of Scripture that says, I would rather be a doorkeeper to the house of the Lord than to dwell among the tents of the wicked. So we can find inside of us gratitude and thankfulness for just gathering together, whether it's serving at the front door or whether it's just being in unity, serving the Lord together and worshiping Him. It is good to be here together with you. Today, I want to share with you Evidence of three undeniable ways that you will know that God is with you. Three undeniable ways that you know God is with you. Now, before I go any further, I have to tell you that God is with you is the right title for a message. Because you have to be positive in your message title. It has to capture their attention. It has to speak to the subject that you're going to talk about. But I really should have made two sermon titles today because the first one is the same words, just in a different order. Is God with you? Because all of us have had days where we woke up, looked in the mirror and said, where are you, Lord? Where we've honestly and with true transparency today could say, we've questioned, is God with me? We may have felt like those in the Old Testament who were praying and like, man, did God go on vacation? Somebody else must be having a real tragedy right now because God cannot be found. He has been dispatched to a bigger issue than my life. Is God with you? Now these are, these are the, the things our flesh speaks to us. These are the things the enemy puts into our mind and into our heart as he tries to lead us away or cause us to stumble or to fall. He always brings a question. Is God with you? But I want to emphatically declare to you today, it's not a question. Is God with you? It's a declaration. God is 
with you. The same word that makes it a question makes it a declaration. It's just where you put the word is. So today, hopefully, in the next few minutes, we can rearrange the words and we can leave with a declaration in our spirit. God is with me. We acknowledge very easily in our lives that Christ is with us during the good times and the better times of life. When the blessings of God are abundant and it seems like heaven's doors are open and the gates of heaven are just flooding us with all of his benefits, there's no denying that God is present and working in our life. Let's just get the elephant out of the room. Tonight's the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews or checked out any of the clips on social media of the NFL honors where they hand out the awards for the, you know, the best player for this position and the best player for this and that. And, and every single one of them start off their conversation, their, their receiving of their award, their acceptance speech starts off with, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the gift and the ability do that. And I honor them for realizing that the Lord created them with the gift and an ability. It's a great place to start. You must acknowledge that He is and that He is a rewarder of them to seek Him. But I'm sure it's a lot easier to acknowledge the gifts and the talents and the abilities of God when you're receiving an award for being the best at what you do. How many had a terrible day of practice? They just lost the game. It's all going terrible. Their family's asking them crazy questions. The media's telling all kinds of lies and rumor about them. And they woke up in the morning and said, I want to thank my Lord and Savior. And I'll pick it on them today because it's Super Bowl Sunday. But maybe we could even point the question to us at times. We, it's easy to praise God when everything's going good. It's easy to roll out of the bed and say, Lord, thank you for the tax return, God. Praise God. Lord, thank you that everybody on my team was at work this week and nobody was sick and it all, we all had to do our own jobs and not ours and everybody else. Thank you, Lord, that our family was peaceful this week and there was no chaos going on in our house. It's easy to praise God when everything is good. But how do we respond when the questions come and the hard times come. You know, we all can share our testimony of what God is, is doing and the blessings that he has. We, we praise God at church. We praise God at home. We praise God in the car when all the blessings are coming. But what about in the times of life and the blessings aren't so evident? What about when it seems like heaven's windows have been shut in the Spout where the glory runs out has been turned off. We're just asking, Lord, is there just one residual drop from heaven that could fall upon me? When it feels like you're in a real battle just to make it through the day, what about those days? Well, those are the days where the Declaration becomes a question. Is God with me? 
Can I tell you today, God is just as close on bad days and terrible days as he is on good days and great days. You can ask the question, is God with me? And I will tell you emphatically, yes, God is with you. He has not left you. He's not abandoned you. He's not separated himself from you. God is with you. Amen? A missionary who served with the Christian and Missions Alliance in Israel would often write his prayers down in a book. And one of his prayers read, Yesterday a friend shared, or a letter about a prayer said, Yesterday a friend shared with us something she observed that was a delightful reminder of God's care for us. She watched a shepherd caring for his flock near an area where the Israeli army had set up practicing. And every time that they would begin to shoot their guns and and artillery would go off, the sheep would scatter in fright and scared. The shepherd would just walk by each of them and just gently tap them with his staff and calmly speak to them. And then all the sheep would just settle down and immediately begin to gather back together. And then another shot would go off. and They'd all get rambunctious and, and, and frightened again and scatter. And they, the shepherd would just walk through and gently touch each of them and they would all calm down and come back together. Each time, the shepherd needed only to reach out and touch the sheep for them to become reoriented and reassured that the shepherd was with them and they were safe. It's the same with us and with our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. When the unexpected happens and we are startled and life shakes us to our very core and it seems like all chaos is broken loose around us, if we could just have the great shepherd touch us, if there would just be the evidence of his presence, if his touch was there and the, the gentleness of his voice would speak to us, we would be calmed and we would be gathered and we would know that we are safe. John chapter 10, verse 27, speaks to us as though we are his sheep. And we are his sheep. Psalms 100 tells us we are the sheep of his pasture. John 10 and 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you know the voice of God, he doesn't have to scream. Hey, sheep, get over here. Now, he has to do that with the goats, not with the sheep. And that's another message for another day. But he just has to gently say, hey, little sheep, I'm over here. And we're all lost, we're, we're, our head's stuck in a bush, 
we're trying to find that one perfect piece of blade of grass to, to eat. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be here somewhere. I'm going to find the, the best provision for my life. And, and we get all tangled up in the briars. And then we hear the simple voice of God. Hey, I'm over here. We turn around and he's, he's leading us to lush green pastures. And we don't have to scrounge in the briars. His voice reorientates us and sets us back in the direction So the voice of God is paramount in our life. It's something we have to be in tune with. We can't allow all the other noises of life to drown out the voice of God. We can't allow all the, the turmoil of this world to drown out the voices of God. We can't let political conflict, social injustice or justice, or whatever it is, drown it out. We can allow world politics or, or world wars or, or world skirmishes or declarations of peace or of not having peace drown it out. We can't let current events drown it out. We can't let social media drown it out. We can't let entertainment drown out the voice of God. We can't let our own self-pleasure and our own self-will, we can't even allow the inner voice of our own carnality to drown out the voice of God. Whether it's a macro voice that's outside of us or it's the mini voice, the micro voice inside of us, we must do everything to protect our hearing so that we can hear the voice of God. Many times in scripture we find the phrase, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Well, we might say, well, that's redundant. If you've got ears, then you can hear. We often pray, or, or I say we, I, maybe you have or maybe you haven't, but, but a prayer is, is often prayed the Lord, let my ears hear your word. Let my eyes see your vision. Let my mind understand your word. Let my heart, my soul, and my spirit be receptive to your word. We, we make correlation between the physical parts of our body and their function to the word of God and how it comes to us. We should always be listening to the voice of God. He's always speaking. Some pastoral training. Ready? Listen. God's speaking. I'm a little, I'm a little different when it comes to pastoring than than everybody else, and you may say I'm wrong, but if so, pray for me. Pray for me anyway, because I need a lot of it. But a lot of times people come to their pastor with, with situations and circumstances, and, and they're looking for direction, and they're looking for instruction, and, and that is the role of the pastor. This is the role of the pastor, to help people in their direction and instruction, and, and leading and guiding them, and 
And I don't really think it's the pastor's job to make decisions for people. It's his job to help people in the decisions they're supposed to make. But oftentimes in those conversations, you, you hear statements like, well, we've been praying and we just haven't heard the voice of God. So, pastor, what should we do? Well, there's really, there's really two schools of thought around that. One school of thought is whatever your pastor tells you to do, that's probably what you should do until God tells you differently. Which, that hasn't necessarily steered me wrong in life, but it doesn't really help me learn the voice of God either. And the other is, if you can't hear him, by all means, don't go do something stupid. Just stay where you are until you figure out to hear the voice of God. Well, I can't hear no directions. I'm just going to jump into the fog and hope there's water below. Wait until you can hear the voice of God. In those conversations, should we ever have them, I can tell you what my prayer is. My prayer is, Lord, speak in an undeniable way. So that they know that you are giving them direction in their life. And I'll give you this promise and this confidence. If God speaks to me definitively, I will share with you what God speaks to me definitively. Even if it's uncomfortable. But I think we need to have our ear tuned to the voice of God. One individual was often asking for pastoral counsel. God, or pastor, I need, I need to hear from God. I need a voice from God. Pastor, can you just pray for me? Pastor, can you just pray for me in this situation? Pastor, can you just pray for me in this situation? And it seemed like over and over and over again, this person was just always coming to their pastor. Pastor, can you pray for me? Finally, one day the pastor's like, you know, I've been praying for you about this situation, and I've been praying for you about this situation, and I've been praying for you about these and this and this and that. I think it's time for you to pray for you. Is God with you? Yes, God is with you. Talk to him. Build a relationship with him. Become in tune with what his voice sounds like and, and what the unctioning of his spirit is and his anointing upon you and, and the gentle touch of God moving you here and there. If I understand correctly, David had a staff and the slingshot. The slingshot was to fight the enemies of the sheep. The staff was to direct the sheep. So the staff was a tool that helped the shepherd shepherd. It wasn't a weapon. The slingshot was the weapon. So a, a, a staff of a shepherd is not a tool used to beat the sheep. It's not a tool used to force the sheep. It's a tool used to grab a hold and gently direct and organize the sheep. God's voice, can I tell you, unless it's, it's a unique or a rare circumstance, 
God's voice will probably not be thunder and lightning. It wasn't for the prophet. God's voice will probably not be in the, the, the force of the strong wind that blows through. God's voice will not be in the, the raging fire that burns down the side of the mountain. The Bible says the wind was so strong that it tore the rocks off of the mountain. And the prophet was like, well, where's God in all this? Then there was the still, small voice of God. Find, fall in love with, cherish, grab a hold of the still, small voice of God. The voice of God that you can be walking through the grocery store and he'll be like, hey, say hello to that mom over there. Just, just go say hello. Hi. The Lord loves you. Why did I say that? The Lord wants to bless you. The Lord has good things. Why am I saying all this? It's just the still, small voice of God leading us, directing us, encouraging us. I'm still in my introduction. I better keep going. Three undeniable evidences that God is with you. They are all built upon this foundation of having a relationship with God. And we know we're in relationship with God when we can hear His voice. First is His presence. Man, there's a good presence of the Lord here today. You can know that you have trust in the shepherd when you are where you are because God led you there. Now that might make some people mad today. But why did God lead me here? Why did he lead me to the middle of the wilderness? Why did he lead me to the rocky side of the mountain where there's nothing to feed from? Why did he lead me out here in the midst of the desert in the blazing heat? Does he know I'm a sheep? Sheep don't like sand. Sheep don't survive in deserts. Sheep don't live on the rocky side of the mountain. Why did God bring me here? You're not going to like the answer, so just hold on. God brought you there because. That's why. Because why? I don't know. I'm not God. I'm only Todd. I can't tell you why God brought you there. Any more than because. Because he wants to grow you. Because he wants to mature us. Because he wants to show himself strong. I don't know which of the reasons it is. But because he's working. Because. because. I think we can relate to that. A little child comes to you and, and they ask you a question about, about something that's really big in life. And, and the only answer you can really give to them and, and, and not overwhelm them. Well, mommy, daddy, 
Why this? And you're like, man, that's like, that's like 10th grade science. Uh, because. It's just how it is. And most kids, when they're young and they're little, and you say, well, it's because, honey, that's just how things work out. And they're like, oh, okay. When God says, you are where you are because we can have childlike faith and say, all right, Lord, you're my shepherd. You're leading me. And I am here because you placed me here. So therefore, I know your presence is with me. And you are watching over me. And you are ordering my steps. And you have put me here one step at a time. And if you can walk me into this place, then you can walk me out of it. And when the time comes, you led me into this place. And you will lead me out of it. Psalms 16 in verse 11, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The joy of the Lord and the pleasure of being with God are not dependent upon the placement that God has put us in. They're dependent upon His presence being with us. This is why you could be in the hardest trial, you could be in even a tribulation in life uh, and still have the joy of the Lord in your heart. You may be stressed until you become a mess. You may be aggravated you may be frustrated, you may be irritated, but you can still have an undergirding foundation of joy in your life because you know, man, this is beating up my flesh. This is difficult, but there's still God with me. So it's not, is God with you? It's in the midst of this place, uh, His presence is around you, and you can emphatically declare, God is with me. It isn't by any mistake that you are grazing in the pasture that you are grazing in. It isn't by any state mistake that the noise around you startles you and God has to run in and comfort us when we become afraid. And we don't understand it all in the moment and God has no obligation to explain it to us in the moment. But you can know this, God's not afraid of the noise. He understands what's happening. He understands what's going on. Have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to find somebody, but they were not where you expected them to be? I'm not talking like, the house or like I'm talking like a big deal like you had a meeting you had an appointment and you were going to probably doesn't happen so much nowadays we got cell phones we're like connected all the time but maybe you some of us who are more mature in life remembers remember that time where you couldn't just like dial their number and find out where they were but you get to an, ex, an expected meeting and you're like 
Huh, I wonder where they are. I'll probably run a little bit late. Let me just give them a few minutes. A few minutes come, and then a few minutes go. And well, I sure hope they're not having trouble. I hope they make it. And then time keeps ticking, and before long, you start to start to wonder, and you, you grab what resources you had, and you, you would begin to ask. And we're all human. The unthinkable begins to, to cross our mind. Maybe they're lost. Maybe they've been, been hindered. Maybe they've been abducted. Maybe something's happened. What's, what's going on? Why aren't they here? And, and the noise factor of all the thoughts begins to go through the roof. And uncertainty turns into fear. And maybe we even begin to panic and have physical reactions to, they're not here. They're supposed to be here. And we get all worked up and emotional about what's going on. And they just walk around the corner and their presence is seen. And you're like, oh, okay. If you were wearing a heart monitor, it'd go, what was that all about? It's just by them being there that all the noise goes away. The noise was the result of not knowing. And in the moment that they arrive or they become present, we know and the noise goes away. Know this. God is with you. Don't worry about the noise. Don't let the noise overtake you. Don't live in fear, but live in the faith that, that God is with me. His, prison, His presence is here. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be worried. In His presence is reassurance. In His presence, sadness can be turned into joy. In His presence, we can know that all is in control and we are safe. So whether it's on a Sunday or a Wednesday in this building, or if it's in your car or on your job, oh, and I hope it's when you're in your home, you just know that His presence is there and that He is near. God is with you. Second way, undeniably, we know that God is with you is his personal touch. I can't remember all the lyrics. I don't even can't even get them organized in my brain this morning. It's my brain's just trying to stay on track. It's it's sidetracked by all the all the gunk in my head. But there's an old course or two. I say that because I think, I'm, I think my brain has a couple songs twisted together about his presence, when his presence is near, just to know that he is near to us. It's in his presence that then the second way of God's undeniable or that it can be undeniable that God is with us is his personal touch. Songs that talk about, I just need a touch. Touch me again, Lord. Let your hand be upon me. We understand that 
language, right? The touch of God on your life. Matthew, the book of five, the chapter, or Matthew five, verse four. It's the book of Matthew. Chapter five, verse four. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I just get I just get a mental picture, and the word comforted is the touch. Words have an ability to comfort, but there's there's something about when someone just comes in and puts an arm around you. Hey, I'm here for you. I got you. We're gonna make it through this. Maybe they don't have to put their arm around you. It's just that that gentle touch. Maybe like the shepherd who takes the staff and just gently touches the sheep, and the sheep's like, oh, oh, the shepherd's right here. Okay, it's all safe. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. His touch is right there with us. So it is once we come into his presence that we can then make our petitions known to God, and we find it here in the book of Matthew 5 and 4. It states that they that mourn, <clears throat> will be comforted. It, it does say the word mourn, not the word moan. They that mourn shall be comforted. Not those that moan or gripe or complain. That word mourn means to lament or to grieve. Those who are in a real situation and they, they have a, a real thing going on right now and they're lamenting it and they're, they're grieving it. Maybe they're grieving a loss or, or grieving the struggle or grieving in the pain of what's going on. They have a just cause. A serious need that needs the master's attention. We need the master's assistance in this moment. It's in this case that the shepherd has made a promise to you. If you are in mourning, he will come and comfort you because God is with you. His personal touch will be upon you. To have God touch you personally. Whether it is him applying the balm of Gilead to a sore place in your life. Or it is him binding up the wounds that have been inflicted upon you. Or maybe it's just the gentle touch that gives reassurance of his nearness. It means everything to a sheep. It's one thing to know that God's here. And we can take comfort in that. But how reassuring it is it when you know he's here and he just gently touches you. There's something about being in a service and feeling the presence of God moving, but then you just feel him speak to your soul individually. Hey, I know what you're going through. Just trust me. Hey, I understand that this and this is going on in your life. Just, just trust me. Just that gentle touch, that personal touch of God. It's his 
touch that changes us. Can I tell you today, the touch of God's still available. It doesn't matter what this religious world has done. It doesn't matter that, that pop culture religion has, has completely lost the touch of God. It doesn't matter that, that there are people who have become so religious in their practice that the moving of God's spirit in his presence has been eliminated from what they do. I want to tell you today, the touch of God is still real. If you're in mental distress today, you can be touched by the hand of God. If you're sick in your body today, you can be touched by the hand of God. If you've got chaos in your life, you can be touched by the hand of God today. And just the gentlest touch of God can change your entire perspective on what's going on. I think probably most parents do this with a little child as they begin to walk and you begin to venture outside of the house and go on adventures like the grocery store. And you avoid certain aisles at the grocery store. Or you venture across the parking lot or you're venturing across the road. We, we probably all made the statement or something along the lines of, here, hold daddy's hand. Here, hold daddy's finger. Here, grab a hold. Let's get a personal touch so that you're connected to me and I'm connected to you. There's a difference between walking next to your three-year-old and being in their presence and then having the personal touch. There's multiple reasons why we do that, right? One, I don't know when, I don't want anybody running up and snagging you away from me. I got a hold of you. Secondly, I don't want you to get some crazy idea and running down the Valentine's candy aisle and screaming about all the chocolate you want. I don't want you to be drawn away by the loss of the eye. I want you to know by a physical point of contact that I am here. And the softest, gentlest nudge on my finger moves you out of the way of harm, directs you in the right direction. And this is what God does with us. This is the power of his personal touch. He says, there's nothing that can take you out of the hand of God. If God grabs a hold of you, there's nothing that can pull you from the grasp of God. His grip is too great. Satan can't remove you from his grip. You can take confidence in that today. It doesn't matter how hard the trial or how hard the tribulation. The enemy cannot pull you out of God's hand. He's got a hold of you. Satan cannot abduct you. And he's holding our hand because he doesn't want us running after the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And yes, the candy aisle looks great. And yes, there's things in this world that are so appealing and so tempting. But if we're holding on to the hand of God, he gently pulls us to the canned good aisle. (laughs) 
toward the fresh vegetable row. And it's because of that physical touch, that physical point of contact, that he just gently pulls. And the submitted, willing child of God relinquishes their control and follows his leading. Now, there are some times where we let go. And we fall on the floor, and we have ourselves an old-fashioned temper tantrum. But Lord, I want internets. I want Reese's. Lord, I want it. Lord, I got to have it. Lord, you're depriving me. When we throw our fit, and the whole time he's like, will you stand up and grow up? Can I tell you today? Hold on. The only time you lose the touch of God's when you let go. God doesn't ever let go and say, how about you lay down and throw a fit? I ain't seen you throw a fit in a while. No, we let go and we do our thing. And the whole time he's standing there like, really? When you get done and you stand up and you're over all that, I'll still be right here. I'm still in your presence. But we're not in personal contact with each other because you let go. So my admonition this morning is the master is still here. And if you haven't felt his touch today, would you stand up? Would you grab a hold of him again? His hand is still outreached. His mercy is still outreached. His direction for your life is still outreached to you. You could be reunited with him again. Great shepherd is, is no respecter of sheep. His touch is as available for you as it is for anyone. God doesn't have favorite sheep. Matter of fact, the touch of God on your life is still available today just as strong as it was at some previous point in your life. Hear me today. If you've ever felt the touch of God, that touch is still available to you even today. And it will never go away. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was here for you yesterday, he'll be here for you today. And if he was here for you yesterday and today, he will be here for you tomorrow. And so you can have confidence that long as I stay in contact with the master, that God is with you. The third undeniable way to know that God is near to you is his word. His presence, his touch, and his word. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The word and God are not separate in any way. He is his word. 
You go all back to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. There was no evidence of God in the beginning until his word was spoken. The first evidence of God was his word. The only evidence of God in the beginning was his word. His word, bad grammar, his word is him. He is his word. Now, in this life, we know that people's words and their character or people's words and their nature don't always align. Sometimes their word is, is a little bit more flowery than their character. Can I tell you today, if he is his word, then there is no variance or shortcoming between God's word and his character or God's word and his nature. They are not two things that, that have to be proven against each other. They are one and the same. So when he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he doesn't have to live up to it. He is it. He is always present. He doesn't have to try to be present. He doesn't have to deal with stuff to be present. He just is present. Well, I was excited about that. So we need a rhema word. That's a, a Greek word, the, the rhema word of God, the, the word of God that is spoken to us. Here's a Raymond word from God. And if God is his word, then there is nothing God has to do to make this happen. It just is. Ready? John 14 and 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, I know that's not a paragraph, but sometimes we don't need a paragraph. Sometimes we just need a declaration from the word of God. I will not leave you comfortless. He is with us. He is by us. He is near us. And if you feel separated from him, he's right there on his way to you. Amen. <laughs> this is the spoken word of God. This is who he is. The power of the Holy Ghost coming to live inside of us is the comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. If you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized by His Spirit, evidenced by speaking in tongues, I can tell you today, you don't have to look around on the external to find the presence of God or to find the comfort of God. But if His Spirit has filled you, He is ever present in you. His comfort is always with you. His righteousness, His peace, and His joy is with you at all times. That is a rhema word. That is a spoken word from God. He is with you. I want to tell you today, declare to you, God is with you. For the more studious among us, it's a Greek word, graphe. It means the written or the scripture, the Torah, the written word of God. 
Here's a written word of God for you today. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. Better hurry up or I ain't going to have no voice left. You have to watch me mime it. And I'm not a good mime. There'll be miscommunication all over the place. <clears throat> Romans 15 and 4. For whatsoever things were written the four times were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. This I think you all understand my heart. This is more than a task to be accomplished. This is more than a reading chart with check boxes to be checked. This is more than a literature to be academically studied and understood. This is the written breathed, living word of God. And you can crack open his word. And through, and through his word, you can begin to learn patience and comfort and hope. Well, my situation's hopeless. Read the word. I feel discomforted. I feel turmoil around me. Read his word. I feel anxious. I feel like I'm, I feel antsy inside of me. Read his word. Comfort will come. Patience will come. Hope will come through the word of God. The written word of God comes to us in different forms. It comes through the daily reading and study and prayer of his word. It comes through the preaching and the teaching of his word. What's happening right now is graphe. It's scripture being poured into you. Oh, there's some, some, some rhema mixed in every now and then. But this is instruction from his word. We are learning from his word that God is with us. God doesn't leave us. God hasn't abandoned us. And in the darkest moment, in the darkest hour, know that God is with you. There's something about the word of God when it touches your life. It's more than just oratory noise. It's more than a vocal presentation. It's more than ink on paper. When the true word of God grabs us, it gets a firm grip on us. It speaks to the depths of our situation. And God confirms, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you, it's the shepherd's voice orientating and comforting the sheep. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to tell you today, God is with you. You may have asked the question, is God with me? People around you may have looked at your life and, and the situations and the circumstances you were going through. Job's friends are who comes to mind. And they may ask the question, 
Is God with you? Let's boil down the, the opening remarks of all of Job's friends. That's really what they said. Hey, Job, is God really with you? Did you sin? What, what have you done to separate yourself from God? Is God with you? And if you've had that question in your heart, I want to emphatically answer it today. And I hope we have through the word of God. By his presence, by his touch, and by his word, it is undeniable today that God is with you. And you can know in this very moment that Jesus Christ knows your location. If you are the sheep that's been following the shepherd, then you're where you are because he led you there. I have never one time while driving somewhere turned around the Adeline in the back seat in her little car seat and said, hey, where am I supposed to turn? Although she recognizes the path. She knows when we're headed to church. She, she understands. She can't grasp that God's here, but she knows Papa's here. up on, on where you're going, which, which direction you're going. They know if you're going to eat, if you're going to shop. They, they begin to pick out landmarks, but, but that's, not, that's not enough for the one driving the vehicle to say, hey, where's the next turn? They just believe you're going to get them from point A to point B. They trust you that you know the destination and you know the route to get there. And so when they're sitting at the stoplight and maybe they're confused about their with surroundings and they're, and they're somewhere that they're unfamiliar with, they still trust you to get you where, get everybody in the vehicle where you're going. So it should not be an offensive statement when I say today, you're where you are because God led you there. He's never going to turn around and ask you, where's the next turn? We just have to trust Him. This may be a path I've never walked before. There may be things I see out the car window I've never seen before. There may be experiences that I've never walked through before. This may be a valley I've never experienced or seen or understood before. But if God led me here, God's going to lead me out of it because His presence is with me and I feel His gentle touch and His word says He will never leave me and He will be my comfort. So God knows your location and God is with you you're not going through your struggle alone God is with you and he is your comfort and he is your strength can I tell you today you're in a safe place Ari alluded to the prophet on the mountain Elijah after the slaying mighty move of God over the prophets of Baal. He runs to the mountain to hide and has his own pity party. I'm the only one, Lord. And this is when God shows up in the elements. The wind, the fire, the rain, the whirlwind. 
exalted. And God was not in all of that. Notice. The scripture does not say, and God told Elisha to find a different cave where the still small voice of God could talk to him. The same cave where the whirlwind was and the same cave where the fire burned and the same cave where the torrential rains fell is the same cave that he heard the still small voice of God. I want to tell you today, right in the middle of your trial, you can hear the voice of God. Right in the middle of the hurricane, right in the middle of the fire, you can hear the voice of God. Right where you are, your cave is where God can speak to you and he will if you will listen to him. So I can say to you today, even though it's painful, and even though it's a struggle, it's a safe place because God is with you. Wayne, let's go to Psalms chapter 23. While he's getting there, I want to invite all of us to come forward everybody to come over this morning. We're going to go home by way of the altar today. And in closing, I want to read, and you can recite with me today, Psalms 23. I didn't tell you I'm in the New King James Version, sorry. You can take confidence in the great shepherd leading us and guiding us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to tell you this morning, God is with you. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.